Praise the Lord and welcome into another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson, and as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another wonderful, beautiful Lord's Day. And I thank you, God, for being with us, for keeping us safe. I thank you from the time off from work, dear God, to recuperate and rest or, or to um, revive and, re- and rest. And God, I just thank you, Lord, for each and every wonderful blessing that you have given us for life, for health, dear God, for for being there, dear God, for letting me take your hand, Lord, and you lead me and guide me in the path that you would have me to go, dear Lord. Now, God, I ask that you just take control of my mind and my lips, dear Lord, that you would speak through me the words, dear God, that you would have me to say, that we may help someone in some way, dear God. And Lord, just I just pray, dear God, for each and every one, dear God, that still that is affected by this coronavirus. I pray, God, that Lord, that you would just bless them, dear Lord, and just touch them, and to, and heal their bodies, and be with the ones, dear God, that are taking care of someone that has COVID. Lord, just just give them strength and stamina to make it through, Lord. And God, just be with each and every one of those, Lord, that has lost someone because of COVID and in whatever way, dear God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just fill that that hole in their heart, that you would just fill it with your love, dear God. God, just have your way today and just move in a great and a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in Joshua chapter uh, 13. Uh, We are getting into the division of the lands for the Israelites and where God wants them to be. So now then, uh, verses 13 through uh, through 20 is all about the division of the land. We're not going to get into all of them in depth, um, but please, please take the time to read these chapters. Read them and, and figure and find out where all the different uh, children of Israel, where all their land was and uh, what all they had to go through to to get this land, but uh, we're going to pick out some highlights in, in several of the chapters, uh, well, probably in all of them by the time it's over with, and uh, go through and let you know some of the things that uh, that was going on in the children of Israel's life, because there's, you know, there's some things in here in uh, these, in, in amongst all the where all the children of Israel was going and everything, there's some things in there that 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 are uh, is good for us today, and uh, it you know it it always helps. We we get into the Bible sometimes and we get to reading and we get into places um, like chapter 13 and and well towards that goes chapter 12 and and 11, uh, and it's it's talking about. Uh, different things but uh every once in a while we and it, it, we it, it loses our interest because there's names that we can't pronounce and and until we really get in depth and go to a map and and get into just exactly where everybody is at and everything it, it really it really won't stick in our heads but if we take the time and we do have the uh, choice of a map uh, that we can use and we read all these different places where the children of Israel had set forth to um, have their uh, 
lands, where their lands were lotted out to them. And when we figure those things out, then we know exactly what all it means. But like I said, we're going we're going to go through and we're going to pick out some some little nuggets that's in amongst all of these scriptures and everything. We're going to be starting in Joshua chapter 13. It says, Now Joshua was old and stricken in years. And the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, and thou remainest yet very much land to be possessed. And this is the land that yet remaineth, all the borders of the Philistines and all the Gershia, from Shower, which is before Egypt, even unto the borders of Ekron, northward, which is counted to the Canaanites. Five lords of the Philistines, the Gathites, the Ashtorothites, the Eschelites, and the Gittites, and the Ekronites, also the Ivites. From the south, all the land of the Canaanites, Amaria, that is beside the Sidonians, even into Aphek, to the borders of the Amorites, and the land of the Gibbites, and Lebanon, toward the sunrising. From Balgad, even under Mount Haram, unto the entering into Hamath. All the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon unto Meseroth, Mim, and all the Sidonians, them will I drive out from before the children of Israel. Only divide thou it by lot unto the Israelites for an inheritance, as I have commanded thee. Now therefore divide this land for an inheritance, and to the nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh. The Lord is telling them that, you know, tell him Joshua said, you're an old man. Uh, I had tried to look up and find just exactly how old Joshua was at different points um, as he came out of Egypt and as he went into the promised land and as he was fighting these battles. And, and I, I, I could get no definite answers. There's no definite answers in the Bible. And I went online and searched it out in several several one places that I looked. They estimated, and uh, I, I just don't get into that really. But I know do know for a fact that he was 110 years old when he died. Uh, the Bible states that in it. But he told, the Lord told him, said, you, you're getting to be an old man. And uh, there's a, still a lot to do. There's still a lot of work to do. And, you know, that's, that's very true with us today. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. God has got to work for you. Even if you are just, uh, if you're way up in years and you have just given your heart and life to God, God has still got to work for you. He's still got something that needs to be done. You know, the Bible states... Uh, uh, and when we get over into the New Testament, it states in there many times, the harvest is is ripe, but the laborers are few. So God needs all the all the people that are willing to work for Him and to do a work that He can get, because there's a lot a lot of people uh, out there that are that are on their way to hell, and we need to tell them about a, a better way. We need to tell them about a a better way to where that they can they won't have to worry about uh hell for eternity they can they can have a life a uh, perfect life uh, per and never want for nothing never be sick never feel pain or anything like that but we it is our duty as children of 
of God to tell people about this, no matter how old or how young they are. It's never too, you're never too young to start, and you're never too old to start. But, you know, and verses 8 through uh, 33, it talks about the, the division of the land east of the Jordan. This is the one before they came over Jordan, where the uh, Gadites and the Reubenites and uh, the uh, half-tribe of Manasseh, where they, they decided that they wanted to stay on this side because everything looked great. Uh, the land was perfect for cattle, and that's what they were into. They had great herds and everything, so they, they decided that they wanted to stay on this side of Jordan. And Moses uh, went to the Lord, and the Lord uh, told Moses, you know, that's fine. Uh, and they took all the cities that was on that side, and they, they divided that up between those two and a half tribes except for the tribe of Levi. Now then, you remember, there were supposed to be so many Levites in every city that was built, and they were to encamp around the city uh, on the outside. They were not camp, but they were to build their homes on the uh, outside of the fence of the walls of the city, and that's where they, they lived, and they ministered unto the tabernacle. They ministered unto the the cities, they ministered unto the people, and their lot was, uh, came from God. Whatever was sacrificed was, uh, it was sent, it was gave to them for meat. Uh, the tithes that came into the church or into the tabernacle, that went to the Levites for, for whatever they needed it for. So God made a provision for them. They didn't have any land, but they, they didn't really have to farm or, or raise cattle or, or anything like that, even though they did have livestock, they didn't have to do any of that because their job was ministering unto the priests, ministering unto the, the tabernacle, and ministering unto the people. Then they, the Levites would eventually be, would come in line to be priests. But they had to do a lot of work beforehand. Now in verse, and uh, and then as we go on, and we go into chapter 14, then we're talking about all the division of the land that's on the other side of Jordan. You remember they, uh, one of the stipulations with the, children, the two and a half tribes staying on the other side of Jordan was that their men that were armed, men of valor, men of war that were armed and were ready to fight, they had to go over Jordan and they had to fight with the rest of the Israelites so before they could come back and actually take possession of their land, their wives, their children, everything they had and their livestock and all that would stay on the other side of, excuse me, stay on the other side of Jordan, but they would have to go over and they would have to they would have to help the rest of the nine and a half tribes. They'd have to help them to uh, get their take their land from the inhabitants of the land. But still, yet even on that side, the Levites they still they still didn't get an inheritance. It was the same thing that was uh, on the opposite side. They had homes. Uh, they had uh, everything that they needed. Everything that they needed was given to them. Because they were, they belonged to God. They had to do the God's work, and they went in and they took care of all the 
uh, everything that pertained to the tabernacle and everything that they ministered unto the people and they ministered unto the priest and they done work in the tabernacle and they done God's work. That's what they were set out to do. And, you know, and originally, uh, originally when God chose these, these 12 tribes of Israel, these 12 sons of Israel, when he, when he chose them to, to be tribes and to be a nation, they were all supposed to be a nation of priests. And it didn't work out that way. And because of their things that they had done, and they're main, mainly they're, they're griping and, and complaining and uh, just act, just really not uh, living the way that God wanted them to live. And, you know, we, we as children of God, we can get to a point to where that we actually change God's mind uh, for his direction that he wants us to go uh, by something that we do. Uh, and, you know, when we, we stray from the Lord and the and, uh, Lord has got a plan for our lives and we stray from the Lord and we get out and we get to doing things that, uh, that we shouldn't do and we, we really mess up bad, then uh, our, the, God may change the plans for our life to go a completely different direction. And we don't know what blessings that we have cheated ourselves out of by doing that. In chapter 14, it's a division of the land west of the Jordan. And this is the ones that they have overtaken and everything. And, uh, and then if you remember, Joshua and Caleb, they're the only two that originally came out of Egypt. Everybody else that originally came out of Egypt died in the wilderness. That's the reason why that they had to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years so that all the ones that originally came out of Egypt would pass away because when uh, the 12 men, uh, one from each tribe, they went over into the land that flow, the Canaan land, the land that flowing milk and honey, the promised land, when they went over there, and they spied out the land and everything, and they came back. Moses, or Moses, Joshua and Caleb was the only two that gave a good report and said that we need to go over now and take this land as God has promised it to us. But the other ten, they gave a bad report and said there's no way that they go over the the cities were fenced to the to the heavens, and there was giants in the land and and they started talking uh, negative about everything, and uh, all the children of Israel got upset and afraid and everything, and, that, and they wouldn't go over and do that. So then God, God cursed them because of their unbelief and because they wouldn't do what he wanted them to do. So he made, he made them to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years until all the original ones that came out of Egypt was dead saved Caleb and Joshua, and uh, God told Caleb and Joshua both that they would be able to go over into the land of Canaan because they wholly followed him. Now in verse 6 of chapter 14, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgah, and Caleb the son of Junus, the Kiznite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. 
Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him again, brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereupon whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord thy God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, since, even since the Lord spake his word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war, both to go out and to come in. And Caleb was telling him, he said, he, he, he told Joshua, he said, remember when we went and spied out the land, and I, I trusted wholly in the Lord. I told him what was in my heart, that we, we needed to go over and we needed to take the land because uh, God had promised it to us and the rest of the people, they they turned uh, turned the people away from doing that. But he said, God promised me then that I that the land that I trod on, everywhere that my, my shoes trod would be an inheritance for me and my children forever. And... He said, and matter of fact, he said, I'm 80, 85 years old. And he said, I'm just as strong now as I was the day that I went over there. So, you know, that was 40 years ago. So, you know, he said, I'm just as strong. And I can, I can, go, out, I can go to war. I can come in. I can go out. I can do whatever I want to. God has blessed me in a great way. And I still have plenty of strength. He said, Now there, now therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou hadst heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Excuse me. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Junith. Hebron for an inheritance. <clears throat> if we remember, <clears throat> excuse me. If we remember correctly, Caleb's the one that went up into the mountain area, and he went up there, and he and the Lord told him, you know, where your foot trod that day, that, that's all going to be yours. So he was. He told him, Joshua. He said, "Give me this mountain, as the Lord had promised me, because this is this is where I was. This is what I spied out." And he said. This is the Anakims, uh, and they're great cities, and they're wild plumb to the heavens. But he said, I can take them. As, if it, God will be with me, I can take them. And, you know, that that's one of the strongest statements that anybody can ever make, is I can do anything as long as God is with me, as long as the Lord is with me. Just remember, the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. I can do all things. There's nothing impossible with me because of Jesus, not because of who I am, but because of who our Lord and Savior is. I can do all things through him. So, you know, we, 
we don't need to worry about what's coming in this life. We don't need to worry about the, the giants of this world. We don't need to worry about the cities that are fenced up because we are following a God who can do anything. I mean, listen, if he can take these, these brick walls, block walls of Jericho and make him fall down flat, there is nothing that he can't do. So we need to be following him. Put our hand in his and follow him and let him lead, lead us and guide us in the way that he wants us to go. And he will teach us and he will direct us and he will give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding to do the things that we need to do. But we have to, we have to lean upon him. Uh, he's, he's just not going to give everything to us. We're going to, we're going to have to do some work. See, uh, Caleb told Joshua, he said, I know that I can take this land with God's help. He said, I can take, I can physically go and take this land with God's help. So, you know, that's what we need to do. God, I can go through this. I can make it through this. Lord, I can do this with your help. I can't do it by myself. But, you know, with God, with your help, I can. And, you know, that's that's the one thing that I always uh, tell God. You know, I, there's no way that I can teach Sunday school. There's no way that I can teach on this podcast on my own. Yeah, I, I am not the greatest teacher that ever was. And, you know, there, there's so many people that are so much greater than I and have the time to spend in Bible study that I would really like to have and know it a lot better than I do, but there, but there yet again, God told me this is what I want you to do, even though I give him all kinds of excuses not to do it. He said, you're going to do it. You might as well just give up and do it. And so here I am. I'm not the best, but I am the best for the job that God had picked out for me. You can't do it. I can't do your job. You can't do my job. I can't do the pastor's job. Pastor can't do my job because they were handpicked by God for us, and we have to do them ourselves to the best of our ability. Yes, we have to spend some time in prayer. We have to spend some time in Bible study. I would like to be able to spend a whole lot more time in Bible study and and uh, searching out the scriptures. But you know, God knows best. And, you know, maybe I would lean more to my own understanding if I had more time to get into the Word. So, you know, we, we've got to take it just as we can, just as we've got it, and let Lord lead us. And, uh, in chapter 15, Judas, uh, see, these, these chapters are broken down by different... Uh, Different tribes, and, and inside them, there's different tribes in their land that they get and how that they give them out. And uh, this is one that uh, of Judah, and uh, verse chapter 15, verse 12. And the west border was to the great sea and the coast thereof. This is the coast of the children of Judah round about according to their families. And unto Caleb the son of Judah, he gave a part among the children of Judah according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, and which is 
city, which city is Hebron. And Caleb drove out thence the three sons of Anak, Seshi, Aham, and Telma, and the children of Anak. And he went up thence to the inhabitants of Debir, and the name of Debir before was Kirajasephir. And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kirajasephir, and taketh it, to him will I give his daughter to be wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenza, the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him his daughter to wife. So, you know, he, he gave a little initiative for someone to go in and do some work. And, you know, every once in a while, we've got to have a little a little initiative, a little push every once in a while to to get something that God has for us. And when it's right there for us and all we have to do is take it, but still yet we, we sort of a little sluggish about getting started and going and taking it. So the Lord has to give us a little bit of a push sometimes. He has to offer us something. And, you know, we need we need to get to the point to where that we figure out that when we do what God wants us to do, there is a blessing there. Like you know, like we studied before, there's blessings or there's cursings. You know, there's cursings if you don't do it, and there's blessings if you do do it. There's cursings if you don't obey the laws and the commandments of God, and there's blessings if you do obey the laws and commandments of God. There's there's cursings if you don't do what God wants you to do, and there's blessings if you do do what God wants you to do. And yes, we can cheat ourselves out of blessings by not doing it, and it will get to a point to where that we argue with God and we run from God for so long that He will He will pull that that calling on our life away from us and he will give it to somebody else and he will give them our blessings which we should have had but since we ran and argued and done all these things then then there we have we have an, a different a different um, we cheat ourselves out of the blessings so you know we we really need to be careful about what that we are doing and how that we do it now in chapter 17, we are going to uh, talk about Manasseh's a lot. Now then, in the tribe of Manasseh, there was one man, uh, Zophahad, that he had passed away. And he had uh, three daughters, three, let's see, and daughters in the name of one, two, three, four, five. He had five daughters. He had five daughters, and they they are the ones that went to Moses very calmly now, went to Moses and said, Moses, our father passed away. He didn't have any sons or any close kin that he could give his inheritance to. So why should we be cheated out of our father's inheritance just because we're women? I'm putting this in my own words. And uh, basically, Moses looked at him and said, I don't know. I will find out. And, you know, that's that's one. If we don't have that, if somebody comes to us with an, a question about salvation, a question about God, a question about the Bible, if we don't know for a fact the answer to that question at that point in time, we need to let them know, I don't know. 
I will find out and I will get back to you. And please, please, please find out the answer to the question or something there close and let them know the answer to it. Or if it's taking you a while to find out, go to them and let them know that you are still working on this and you haven't found a satisfactory answer to their question. But Moses said, I will find out. So he went to God and he told he he brought their their petition before God and God told him said they're right they are absolutely right they they deserve an in, their father's inheritance so he gave those five daughters of Zophilhad he gave them Zophilhad's inherit, inheritance they inherited some land but the stipulation was if they when they married, they had to marry within their tribe. They could uh, they could not go outside of their tribe and marry and bring that person in uh, to their land because immediately when they marry, the land that they are on becomes the husband's uh, because everything was owned by the males. So they, it was their land till they married, and then it became their husband. So in order to keep that land into one tribe, they were to marry inside their own tribe, and that way they didn't have the other tribes coming in on their land. Uh, I hope I explained that uh, to where you could understand it. Uh, but in verse 6 of chapter 17, because the daughters of Manasseh had an inheritance among his sons, and the rest of Manasseh's sons had the land of Gilead, and the coast of Manasseh was from Asher to Michmethah, and life before Sechem, and the border went along on the right hand unto the inhabitants of Topah. Now Manasseh had the land of Topah, but Topah on the border of Manasseh belonged to the children of Ephraim. But this was, this was the land that uh, God gave to these five daughters. I know this, if, if you really take the time to read this, it, this can get into a, a, uh, a great deal of study work and uh, like I said, looking it up on a map because if you have a map and you can pick out these lands that there are, you, you will understand them better because there's, uh, there's so many places over there that these, they are, taken away from the kings and they are building up their own inheritance and and they are trying to get their land straightened out and their borders set and i'm you know this tribe's going to live in this area and this tribe's going to live in this area so yeah we it, it it can get a little uh lengthy in discussion and everything but yet you know it's it's still all good because god is trying to tell us by going through all this that sometimes it takes us a after we get into that line, that place where God can use us and God can really bless us our our spiritual land of milk and honey it will it may take us uh, sometimes a little while to get rooted and grounded and find our our inheritance our place that we are going to be and when we find that place then we we, we get it set up and we get it in order, then we will flourish greatly. So, you know, 
the, the, our fight is not our spiritual fight when we get to the land that God has promised us is not a fight of men or of uh, supernatural forces in, in, uh, or anything like that, even though Satan is going to be against us and try to stop us and try to discourage us. Our, our main fight is trying to get ourselves rooted and grounded and get ourselves in the position where God wants us and in the position to where that he can use us and, and set our inheritance and get our blessings. Because sometimes it, it takes us a, a little while. I know it does me. When I get in, when the Lord blesses me with something, it takes me a little while to to get into it and to feel comfortable doing it. Let me put it that way. Feel comfortable doing it. You know, uh, uh, when I first started this podcast, it, it was, I mean, it, it it was ugly. I was ugly. Uh, I cried a lot. I prayed a lot. I asked God to forgive me a lot because I I was I was trying. I did not have enough computer knowledge to really to get this thing set up, and I was relying on other types of media and different things. And and when I finally got it, and I and I had I don't know ten or twelve episodes under my belt then i i started feeling comfortable i started looking forward to doing it i started wanting to do it more so you know it's it's like uh when god calls you to teach or when god calls you to preach or or when he calls you to sing you just don't jump into it and god gives you everything you need all at one time you've got to take it little by little and you got to take it in small steps and you've got to learn as you go, and and you you can't get in no hurry because God God wants you to do the job, but He wants you to take the time to learn how to do the job right, and do it the way that He wants you to do it. So you know, we we don't we can't expect to to jump into something like that and just take off and God just, I mean, just bless us and overflow us in every way to be thought of. It's not going to happen. Take it little by little. And that's the way that, that the children of Israel are doing as they're going into their promised land. One, one war at a time. And when they get that one, they go to the next one. When they get that one, they go to the next one. And that's the way we do things, one step at a time. And we establish ourselves, and we get we get set in the inheritance that God has got picked out for us. And then when we get into that inheritance, and we start working in that inheritance, then we get a little more confident in the work that we're doing, and we get a little bit more at ease doing that work. And then God con continues to bless us more and more as the more and more we do. So it's it's a an ever going learning process to become a child of God and do what God wants us to do. It's, it's not an overnight thing. It's, it's a many year thing. This is a lifelong plan. When you give your heart and life to God, it, it is a life from that moment to you pass away. It, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing learning thing. When you get to the point to where that you think you know everything about the Bible that you need to know, and you know, you've got everything down pat about living for the Lord, and you, there's nothing else that you need to learn, you're about to get in trouble. 
So you need to stop and check your life and, and figure out that, hey, this ain't right. I need to back up and do this, go about this another way. In verse 12 of 17, it says, Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities. They went up to war against, uh, let me back up, uh, as, and Manasseh had in Eshkar and in Asher, Beshon and her towns, and Emblem and her towns, and the inhabitants of Dor and her towns, and the inhabitants of Endor and her towns, and the inhabitants of Tanakh and her towns, and the inhabitants of Merido and her towns, even three countries. Yet the children of Israel could not drive out the, in, and the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. Yet it, yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxing strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute but did not utterly drive them out. Now, now then, here we go again. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, they could not drive the Canaanites out, uh, the children of Manasseh. So, and remember, the children of Manasseh are only a half tribe. They, they weren't all there. Half of their tribe had stayed on the other side of Jordan. So that weakened them a little bit. But, when it came to pass, and as time went on, and Israel got stronger, instead of defeating the Canaanites and, and doing what they were supposed to do originally, they, they put the Canaanites to tribute. In other words, they made them uh, pay uh, a tribute is a payment by one ruler or nation to another in acknowledgement of submission or as a price of protection. In other words, they had submitted, the Canaanites had submitted to uh, the tribe of Manasseh uh, after they had gotten stronger, and so now then they are doing exactly what uh, Manasseh wants them to do, and they, all, they are paying a tribute to them. So uh, uh, it's not a total win, but it's not a total loss. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, forasmuch as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto? And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country, and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Pezrite and of the giants of Mount Ephraim, be too, too if the Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. And the children of Joseph said, The hill is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both they who are of Bethshem and their towns, and they are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and has great power. Thou shalt not have one lot. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine, 
For thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. Now, here again, just as the children, the, the uh, ten men, twelve men that went in to spy out Israel, ten of them came back, and they were looking with their natural eyes. They cannot do this. They can't. We can't do this because of this. We can't do this because, you know, we get in that same rut sometimes ourselves. We get to looking at our problems in life with our natural eye. We, we don't look at it from God's point of view. And no, there is things in this life that it is absolutely impossible for us to do. I mean, you just might as well just... Just admit it right now. There is things that it is impossible for us to do. I can't make what money I make uh, go any farther than what it is. It's impossible, you know. And but I can take that same money and give it to God and tell Him to instruct me on how to use it and what to do with it, and it will go two, three, four, five, even a hundred times farther than what. It, what it was, what it would, and uh, the ten men they they were looking at the land. They were looking at with at it with their natural eyes, and they seen all of these giants and all these huge fenced cities and all these things. And then there's no way, there is absolutely no way that we can take this land. But he, they had forgotten that God had told Moses to tell them that he had given them the land, all they had to do is go in and possess it. No, God's not going to give it to them. They're going to have to do some work, you know. So, and the same thing here. The, the children of Joseph, they were looking at their, with their natural eyes. The, you know, uh, the Canaanites, there, there's no way that we can we can overthrow them they have chariots of iron listen these these things are they're not made of wood you can't burn them you can't shoot them with arrows uh, there's no way that we can win well you, they were right they were right there's no way that they can chase they can do away with the canaanites and all these people by themselves but there again god told them i have given you the land go in and possess it and all they need to do is find out from God if they, if, uh, if and, well, not if, but when they, that he wants them to move upon these people and how that he wants them to move and go in and take them, oh, take them out. I mean, it's, it's very simple. But yet, I'm just as guilty as the next one. But yet, it is so simple to look at things with our natural eye and say that there is no way, there is no way that that can be done, when it is the most, it's the most possible thing that we could ever do. It's to be the most easiest thing that we could ever do. It's to go in, go in and possess the land, go in and possess the blessings that God has given for us. Yes, He has blessings for us. He, in this land, the spiritual land, the spiritual land of milk and honey, we have blessings in that land that God wants to give to us. But we're going to have to go in and we're going to have to take, we're going to have to do some work. He's just not going to just hand it to us. We're going to have to work for it. We're going to have to get some things out of our life that we have been doing for, for years and have not thought nothing about it, which is really not right. 
We're going to have to get those things out of our life. We're going to have to quit doing those things. God will let you know that there's things in your life for some reason, even though, you know, it may be the simplest, most wholesome thing in the world. For some reason, that is keeping you from getting the blessing that God wants you to have, so you need to quit doing that. For example, a brother, a brother of mine uh, told me one time that the Lord had convicted him over watching the Andy Griffith show. He loved Andy Griffith. Uh, he watched it all the time. The Lord had convicted him over it. He had to quit watching it. Sometime later, he thought, well, you know, I, I'll go watch one, and, and he made he gave God reasons why that it was all right for him to watch that. So he goes in, he turns the TV on, he, he changed the channel to Andy Griffith. He said, I spent two hours in prayer after about five minutes of watching it because I was doing something that I was not supposed to do, and God convicted me over it. Little things like that. Maybe he was taking time to watch that and not taking the time to pray and read his Bible. You know, so we, we we need to really pay attention to what God has for us and to really understand exactly why it is that God that we are doing something. You know, and by all means do not worry about uh Satan and what he can do to you. Satan can't do nothing to you. Satan, as my dad used to say all the time, Satan's like a little poodle dog on a leash. Jesus had got hold of the other end of it. And he let him go so far, and then he pulled him back and said, that's far enough, and you can't go no farther. God's in control of everything. He's in, he should be in control of each and every one of our lives. He's in control of Satan. He knows just exact, exactly what, how that Satan, you know, there's, there's, only, there's only three ways that, that Satan can tempt you. He tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden the same way. He tempted Jesus the same way, and he tempts us the same way. Lust of the flesh, pride of life, and lust of the eye. That's his three, that's his three ways to tempt us. But you know what? We need to do the same thing that Jesus done. Remember, he was, he was in the wilderness on a 40-day fast. And when he got finished with that fast, he was hungry, and he was weak, and Satan knew that. And so Satan, he, he jumped on him, and he started tempting him in these three points. And Jesus started quoting Scripture to him. So, yeah, we need, we need to quote, quote the Scripture to Satan and tell him to go bother his own people and leave us alone. Because... Satan cannot make you do anything. I know we've heard from years, heard for years that the devil made me do it. He can't make you do nothing. The only way that we fail is because we want to. Now you you can blame it on whoever you want to. You can blame it on the pastor, your your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, uh, your friends, the church, uh, blah blah blah. You can blame it on whatever you want to. But when it comes right down to it, it's our own fault when we fail. Because the Bible says we are tempted when we turn uh, from our, uh, in other words, when we get the lesson after things is when we are ending up falling and then we did it, nobody made us do it. Because, listen, we're the only ones that can separate ourselves from God. 
Satan can't do it. Our families can't do it. Our pastor can't do it. Our church can't do it. Our employers can't do it. There is nobody that can separate us from God except for us. We are the ones that makes the choice to sin. We are the ones that makes the, the choice to seek after less and turn from God and chase after other things. It's our fault. It's our fault because we get mad and say words that we're not supposed to. It's our fault. You can blame it on whatever you want to. It's our fault. It's my fault. And I've had to, I've, that's the one thing that I have, I have really had to learn. It's not anybody's fault. I get mad because, yes, things are going wrong and things are not going the way that I think they should be, but that, is, that does not give me an excuse to get angry and to say words and to say things to people that I should not say. It does not give me the right to do that. My Bible tells me, tells me to be angry, but sin not. I can get angry. Anger, anger is not a sin. It's what you do with that anger that makes it a sin. So, you know, we need to, we need to put ourselves in check and to figure out what it, well, the thing that I had to do about my temper and my anger is I had to ask God to help me. Because I couldn't, you can't, there's things in your life that you cannot do by yourself. I don't care how strong you are, how much you pray, and, and how much you study God's word. There's things in your life that you just absolutely cannot do by yourself. You've got to have God's help. And without God's help, you're not going to do it. So we need to trust in him and follow him and put everything in our life in his hands and, tell, and ask him to help us to do what it is that we need to do to control this part of our, our, our being that we do not like, our part of our life that we do not like. We need to ask God to help us to, to change that and to get away from that. Or otherwise, we're going to be doing it from, from now on. And yes, it's, it's a slow process. There again, it's a slow process. It's step by step. You're not going to ask God to, to help you with something and then just think that it's, everything's all right. He's going to take care of it and there's nothing to worry about. No, it's no, it don't work that way. You ask God to help you, help you. You've got to work toward not doing that, but God will help you. He will remind you of it. And as you go along, it will get easier and easier. Yeah, I still get a little upset every now and then, but the thing about it is, is I don't say the words like I used to. I don't have to ask for forgiveness as much as I used to because of my anger. But listen, I thank you all for listening, and I hope you got something out of this. Please read uh, chapters uh, 13 through 20. Read those chapters. Find out where all the children of Israel are getting their inheritance at now and what's going on. And until the next time, may God bless you in a great way. Thank you.